welcome to this week's sermon from Amblecote Christian Centre. So this morning, as we've already said really, this is a bit of a surprise service. Um, we were planning a break uh, and enjoying a break. And one morning I got up and clearly had a sense of uh, what we should do this morning and, and a service coming together. You know, moments when it all just comes together in a flash and you think, okay, this is what we've got to do. And I really felt that at the beginning of 2021, that the Lord would have me talk about his faithfulness. And the talk this morning is called, He is Faithful, because I think it's so important that we have the right vision moving into 2021 as a church family. I also just want to take the opportunity to really just um, think about all that's happened over the last nine months and take stock a little bit, really. I think New Year is a fantastic time for doing that, isn't it? For reflecting and thinking through. And the last nine months, wow, what a roller coaster! I think all of our lives have been affected in some ways. It's just really interesting in some of the footage that Dave has captured. Um, it's just so amazing watching that this morning. I look back to me and Tim in our dining room. Um, it, was, it was in March and we're talking about, you know, what's happening and how are we going to do, do stuff. I don't think any of us realised that we'd be sat at the beginning of 2021 really almost on our third lockdown. Um, you know, it's been crazy, hasn't it? But thank God that he's not caught out by coronavirus. He's not caught out by Brexit. He is fully in control. So this morning, let's really focus on him. And I just really wanted to think a little bit about faithfulness because we sing about faithfulness such a lot, don't we? We sang this morning, great, uh, great your faithfulness. And there's that really famous hymn, great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. And we declare he is faithful. But what do we mean when we say that God is faithful? And do we actually believe that he's faithful to us? So as you're prepping for a talk, you have a look, what well, I do, at dictionary definitions. But the best one I came across was one in Wikipedia. And I just want to read that out. Faithfulness is the concept of unfailingly remaining loyal to someone or something and putting that loyalty into consistent practice regardless of extenuating circumstances. That's fantastic, isn't it? I love that definition. This morning, I do want to declare that God is faithful. It is part of his character. He never, ever changes. And when I was looking at verses about God's faithfulness, there are so many in the Bible that you could choose from. But I've just picked one to kick us off this morning from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 7, 8 to 11. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands. Brilliant. 
just want to show you, leaning over a bit there. Um, this is my trusty Bible. It's a little bit battered, um, but it's very special to me. Um, I've had this Bible from before I was a Christian. I've had it recovered. I probably shouldn't take it around as much as I do because I'd be devastated if I lost it. But there's lots of writing in it and there's lots of different um, highlighters in it. But really, the Bible is the story of God's faithfulness. Right from the beginning in Genesis, um, right to the end of Revelation, this is a book of God's faithfulness to his people. And this morning I want to spend some time um, talking. I felt the Lord led me to the story of Abraham and Sarah. Uh, it is going to be a bit of a whistle-stop tour. We're never ever going to be able to look at the whole of the life of Abraham and Sarah. But he led me to look at three different parts of the story. Um, so, but... Before we move on, I just want to settle us down and I just want to ask the Lord to speak. We need to be expectant of the Lord speaking, don't we? We need to just settle ourselves and ask the Lord to speak to us. Father God, thank you for this opportunity this morning to talk about your faithfulness. I really believe that you want to talk to us this this morning as we look at your word. We are looking to you. Father God, I know I've done some preparation for this talk, um, but we want to hear from you. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would inspire, anoint, and speak to us. Amen. So I just want to place where we are in the Bible uh, with the story of Abraham and Sarah. So right at the beginning of the Bible, we have, um, we've got Genesis, and we've got God creating, creating the world, and then we've got God creating humankind, Adam and Eve, and then we have got the um, sin coming into the world and the fall of humankind. We've got the covenant with Noah. God establishes a covenant with Noah, and he floods the earth and makes a new start. But sin is still in the human heart. And we then have the story of the Tower of Babel and God building, um, not God, the people building a name for themselves. Um, and then God is displeased with this and he disperses the people and gives different languages. And this is where we get the story of Abraham and Sarah. And I'm going to talk about Abraham and not Abraham. Um, his name does get changed later, but I'm just going to talk about Abraham and Sarah. So God calls Abraham. Leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. At this point, Abraham is 75. God calls at any age. I also just think it's really, really interesting that um, in Genesis 11, we have the story of the Tower of Babel. And that's all about man, the plans of man, man creating a name for themselves. Yet in Genesis 12, it talks about the plans of God. 
And I just want to, I don't know whether you noticed how many times when I read out that little section, it talks about, I will. God talks about, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will bless those who bless you. That is really powerful this morning, isn't it? That actually it's about him and not about us. So Abraham and Sarah set off to Canaan and they are obedient to the call of God. But famine strikes in the land. And um, in biblical famines, they were very difficult. Well, famine is very difficult even in our modern world, isn't it? But there would have been, people would have died from hunger um, during the famine. So it would have been a really serious situation. So Abraham makes the decision to go to Egypt, which is a really good and wise decision. But then he does take matters into his own hands. Now, we're told in the Bible that Sarah was a very beautiful woman and Abraham himself was a wealthy man. Now, with them going into Egypt, Abraham was really concerned and worried that if they went in as a married couple, then um, Abraham might get killed. So what he decided to do was lie and he persuaded Sarah to lie and to go into Egypt and to say um, that actually Sarah was Abraham's sister. So that's what they do. They go into Egypt, but they go in in deception really and not in truth. And to begin with, everything is absolutely fine. You know, Abraham gets well looked after. Sarah gets taken into Pharaoh's palace um, and it all goes well. But then there's illness that strikes Pharaoh's household and Pharaoh realizes that something is amiss and he confronts Abraham and he twigs that there is something wrong and finds out that Abraham is actually married to Sarah. I think what's really interesting in this story is that when God calls Abraham he's obedient and does step out with a certain amount of obedience but then his self kicks in and he tries to manage the situation on his own. So instead of relying on the Lord's provision, he relies on his own provision. He tries to make work it out for himself. And how many times does that happen to us in life where, I'm, I'm brilliant at doing this, it's not, it's not a boast by the way, but we, we press the self button. And I think we go into um, that management mode. I've got this God. God says something and we'll go, I'll take it from here. I think this is a real reminder to us to trust in God's provision, isn't it? And actually, things do work out okay for them. They leave Egypt. They have provision. But imagine all of the stress they would have avoided. So I think that's a really important lesson that we can learn. So we're going to skip on to the next bit. Genesis 15, we'll just move on a little bit. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abraham said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliza of Damascus. 
And Abraham said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, this man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. God makes a covenant with Abraham. Covenant is a very serious agreement and uh, a modern day covenant, an example of that would be a marriage ceremony. That is a covenant. But in Old Testament times, when they made a covenant, um, it was a very messy affair. I won't go into too much of the gory details because I don't want to scare anybody. But what they did was they split the carcasses in two and they would make a pathway. So there was the shedding of blood. And what they would do is they would lay the carcasses out and form the pathway. And the two parties would walk up and down declaring the promises and the agreement of the covenant um, they would make to each other. And I think it is really important, so bear with me on this bit, it is really important to look at this because there's something really fascinating about what God does in this. Is it, it, in this, God puts uh, a deep sleep upon Abraham. And instead of the two of them walking up and down between the carcasses, what happens is that God sends two symbols to represent himself, a smoking pot and a flaming torch, these represent God himself. What's interesting is that Abraham never signs the covenant. God signs it for both of them. Sorry, this is a bit of a moment. Therefore, the certainty of the covenant God made with Abraham is based on who God is not on who Abraham is or what Abraham would do. This covenant could not fail because God cannot fail. Abraham could not break a covenant he never signed. I didn't expect to get emotional (laughs) on, you know, a covenant in the Old Testament But it's so powerful, isn't it, that he is faithful. We so often mess up and we're so often unfaithful, aren't we? But he is faithful. And we're living in the new covenant. That is the great news, you know, because Jesus shed his blood for us and we can have a direct relationship with God and it isn't reliant on us it's reliant on him and the shedding of his blood so this morning if you're struggling I just want to say to you God hasn't given up on you you don't have to find the strength yourself he will give you the strength because he is faithful it is all about him Then then we move on to the uh, third part of the story I want to highlight. And um, we all probably know the story well. Um, 
what happens, but I'll go on to explain it a little bit. So um, God has promised Abraham and Sarah an heir. Um, He has promised them that they will give birth to a son. Now, we have to remember that Abraham is 99 years old and uh, Sarah is no spring chicken. So uh, this is an incredible promise, isn't it? And again, God reminds Abraham of his promise to them. But Sarah, this time Sarah, takes matters into her own hand, uh, her own hands. She has a maidservant, Hagar. And she persuades Hagar to sleep with her husband, Abraham, so that they may have an heir. And it all turns very messy, goes very sour. Hagar resents Sarah. Um, Sarah ill-treats Hagar. They do eventually have a son, Ishmael, um, but it um, it was not God's plan. And God again reminds them, you will give birth. He he sends three visitors in the end to tell them, in a year's time, you'll give birth. And they both laugh. Um, Abraham laughs and and Sarah laughs, laughs in unbelief because it's a remarkable thing, isn't it, that they would give birth um, to a son. And um, I just want to comment on that a little bit, really, as well, because... Waiting on the timings of God can be really hard. I don't know whether God has promised something to you and you are waiting. Uh, I know me and Paul sometimes, we've waited years and years. Honestly, things sometimes aren't instant. We can wait a long time. But never, um, never think that things are impossible with God. Is anything too hard for the Lord? That's what the Bible says. And I do wonder at the beginning of 2021, what is it that God will do? What, what will he do in us? What will he do in us as a church family and as a region? Is anything too hard for the Lord? So to conclude, um, God is faithful, isn't he? And it's been so encouraging to focus on his faithfulness this morning. Thanks for bearing with me. I hope you've been really, really encouraged this morning. But I do really just want to comment on the times that we're in as well, moving forward. I think the next couple of months are potentially quite challenging, aren't they? Uh, We have the hope of a vaccine, and we thank God, don't we? We thank God for medical science and for vaccinations. But our trust and hope has got to be in God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm aware that... um, There's probably mixed feelings around at the moment in our church family. I think there are those of us who are feeling quite strong at the moment, feeling like, do you know what, I'm all right, I'm feeling okay. I feel like um, I'm trusting in God's faithfulness. I'm feeling quite positive. And there'll be loads of those people who are really struggling at the moment and thinking, I don't even know how I'm going to get through the next couple of months. What I want to encourage us all to do is to keep encouraging each other, keep praying for each other. I think we've done a fantastic job. I've heard of so many encouraging stories, but let's not grow weary in doing that. And I think the time is coming where we need to, especially if we're feeling strong, we need to pray for those in our church family who may not be feeling so great at the moment. 
prayer really works. Intercessory prayer really works. Over the years, the amount of people that have prayed for me, I think it's kept me strong. And there is a real strength in being honest, isn't there? And being vulnerable. And, you know, just saying, actually, I'm struggling. And I think that's okay. So I think it's a time where we need to really help and support each other. So keep doing that. And just before we end, um, when I was praying and uh, thinking about this, I, I did just have a sense of something for somebody. Um, it's not often we do this on the online service, really. Um, but sometimes when you have a sense of something, it's really the Lord uses that, doesn't he, to encourage somebody. It's what we call possibly a word from the Lord. And I just sense that for one person or maybe a few, a few different people, have you seen the Disney film uh, Tangled? Is it Rapunzel? I think is in the tower. But there's a sense that you've locked yourself in the tower. Um, some of that could be a bit of self-protection because you, you've been hurt in the past. But actually I feel that the Lord is, is reaching out this morning and saying, you don't have to do this on your own. Help is at hand. So in a sense, I think I've got my hammer and my chisel here and I'm knocking into the wall and just peering in. Well, it's not me really. It's us as a church family and the Lord peering in and just saying, can we help you? So if that is you, please, please ask for help. Let's, let's not do this on our own, folks. Let's, our strength is together, isn't it? It's from him and we have each other as well. So I just want to finish by uh, reading a great verse from Hebrews. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And we're going to finish um, this time just by uh, listening and joining in with the song, The Goodness of God. It's a fantastic song, and that's another truth of who God is. Not only is he faithful, but in his very character, he is good. And I declare that over you. Even You might not even feel that God is good, but he is good, and we can declare that together this morning. So over to the worship team. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Applecote Christian Centre. For more information about who we are, what we believe, and how you can get involved, check out our website, www.amblecoatchristiancentre.org.uk.